Good morning, good morning, good morning, and happy, happy new year to come tomorrow, today. This is Brenda Shoshana from Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Back again, here I am every week back again with another episode for today, just as the year is coming to a, a turning point, and just as the new year is about to begin. So thank you so much. Before I say anything, I really want to thank you for listening. So many of you listening and sending wonderful emails. It's a joy, truly moving and a joy to be with all of you and respond and connect. And um, I'm truly blessed to, to be able to do this and to share these teachings, practices, and just my experience with you. You know, we're all, as we the new year comes to an end, it's so clear we're all in the soup together, cooking together in the soup. Different experiences, different locations, different hearts, different minds, but here we are, all ingredients in the one soup. And I guess that would be a good title for our talk today, The One Soup. But actually, I found another title that meant a lot to me for today, and it is An Undemanding Heart. That phrase popped out at me while I was thinking what to talk about today, an undemanding heart. So beautiful. You know, the new year, the new year coming around. So we, this is a time when everyone, not everyone, but many of us, begin to review the year that went by, either consciously or unconsciously. The memories kind of float up of folks, relationships that were good, that weren't good, people who passed, who aren't here or the, the projects we may have attempted that didn't go as we might have wanted or did go or whatever. A lot of people make resolutions or lists, lots of list making going on or time for assessing or we could even call it contemplating. And, and we make, for the new year, we always try to set it in the right course, in the right direction. I find that such an interesting moment trying to turn it around a little bit, make it as we wish. And we might look at all these <clears throat> relationships or projects that didn't go as we wished and say, well, I'm going to correct that for next year. And we might call that a resolution. And it seems like that's a very, a very wise thing to do, a very smart thing to do, a very natural thing to do. We've done it for so many years. It's almost a tradition or a very deeply ingrained habit. And without it, we feel we might even feel that something is missing. And we are what we're doing basically is so interesting. We might be calling ourselves a success here, a failure there. But what we're really also doing is we're making one demand after another <clears throat> on ourselves on others, and on the way things worked out. Oh, this didn't work out the way I liked it to, so uh, no good. The project failed, or I failed, or the person failed, something, something failed. We're labeling it in that way, and that label, of course, is painful, painful, crushing a bit. So we determine, well, I'm not going to fail next year. I'm going to make it come out just the way I want it to. Listen to that, I. <clears throat> There's such a strong demand here. 
that I know how things should work out, that I know what's best in all situations. That kind of self-assertion of that kind is very fundamental and it seems natural, it seems inevitable. And, and you know, it's very, very interesting because we truly believe that when we get things to work out the way we want them to, when our New Year resolutions come to fruition, then we'll be happy. Then we'll have had a, a good year, a good project, a meaningful year, a beneficial year. And in the Zen world, we take a deep breath and say, whoa, wait a minute, just whoa. <laughs> That's what Zen practice is, really. Whoa, wait a minute. That's so conditional. It's so conditional, as if we know how things were supposed to work out, as if we know what is a truly a success and what is a failure, <laughs> as if we even have to create those kinds of labels, which keep us running around and around like a rat in a maze, chasing success and hating failure. <clears throat> and again, in the Zen world, we say, wait a minute, whoa, stop, stop. Stop this round of misery that you have put yourself into. That's what Zenist practice is saying, stop. You know, it's a very simple, direct, powerful word, stop it. Just stop it for a little while. When we sit on the cushion, when we begin, maybe we can stop it for five minutes. I remember, when I first started to sit so many years ago, oh my goodness, stop. I couldn't stop. My knees stuck up, they wouldn't go down on the cushion. I couldn't sit still that long, but maybe for five minutes I could. Okay, five minutes, I did it for five minutes. That's it. I wasn't judging, it was a success, it was a failure, it was five minutes. And suddenly I just noticed it was so strange to me just five minutes, did what I could, what didn't look like anything like a success or a good, what, what people call a good sitting, nothing like that. My knees stuck up and I felt great restlessness. But I did the five minutes and I noticed as the day went along that I felt really different all day from just five minutes. Wow. <laughs> that was really a, a surprise to me. It was really surprising. And I wasn't judging myself a success, a failure. I didn't have those big images at that moment. I was just beginning. Unfortunately, as we go further along in something, these images and these demands appear from others, from ourselves, from the reading we do, and so forth. But at that point, I just felt good. I felt different. So then I decided, well, maybe I could do five minutes again in the evening. That's all. Just five minutes, I didn't put a big demand on myself that I had to be a great Zen student or sit, sit, sit. <laughs> at that time, at that time I didn't. Later on I did, but at that time I didn't. Thank God those demands are melting as I get older now and I just can't do what I thought I wanted to do, or maybe I can, but those demands do melt. Do it in a different way. So the point is, I did it again, five minutes in the evening. My goodness gracious, five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening, my days were really different. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. 
I just didn't know why, what was happening, but I kept doing only what I could without judging it at all. Five minutes in the morning, five minutes, and soon the zazen, the sitting itself, began to do what had to be done. Before I noticed it, I was sitting eight minutes. Then my legs, my knees were slowly going down toward the cushion. The intense contraction was by itself loosening up, by itself. Not because I made a resolution, not from my strong will, just because I did what I could and enjoyed it and didn't judge it. And before I knew it, I was doing 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening. It was amazing. I wasn't doing it, though. I wasn't doing it. It was happening. It was being done. Very big difference there. It was happening through me just because I did what I could and enjoyed it, enjoyed the outcome of it, was grateful, very grateful for it. I didn't place any demands upon my practice at that time or upon myself. I was so surprised. It was a state of wonder. My goodness, how could this be happening? And, and delight. Almost an innocence. And as I continued, of course, I wasn't continuing either because I should continue, because I'd made a resolution to continue. I continued because I was feeling great, and it was fun, and it was interesting. It was, my interest was awakened, my curiosity, my sense of wonder was awakened. Wow. Now that isn't something we can resolve. I'm going to be curious. I'm going to be awakened. I'm going to go, wow. I'm going to be, have fun. That comes by itself. That arises when we have an undemanding heart, when we're not putting a lot of shoulds upon the relationship, the practice, the situation, when we might see what didn't work out the way we wanted it to, but that's okay. We'll do what we can. In the beginning, the first time I sat, I thought I would be sitting for a long time, but then I said, no, I could only do five minutes. But I didn't label myself a failure. I wasn't crushed. I just said, okay, I'll do what I can and be glad for that. I'll receive what I can and be glad for that. Appreciate it. Have gratitude for it. You know, this blaming of ourselves, even as we go through our list, is the cause of our unhappiness, not the fact that something didn't work out as we would have hoped, believe it or not. Because even when things do work out exactly as we might have hoped, well, we'll, we'll feel happy, we'll feel pleased for a little while, <laughs> right? Temporary happiness, temporary sense of success, we'll feel good, and then we're on to the next. Well, how can I increase this? How can I intensify? More, 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 more demands, more demands. Well, this is just a stepping stone to the next. That's unfortunate way of being with our lives because in that mode, there's no satisfaction, there's no sense of wonder. And that which would make us truly happy isn't there. You know something else 
This is so important. This is so simple, but so important. Something else that gave me great, great happiness when I began sitting, and I wasn't much of a sitter then. I'm still not much of a sitter. I mean, I love to practice. I've fallen in love with the practice for my whole life long. But one of the things that gave me such a wonderful feeling was when I noticed that even a little bit that I was doing was helping others. Others in my family were feeling it. They were being affected by it. That the way I was with them made a difference. And the way just my energy around them made a difference. And when I had moments to be able to share that, oh, that felt really beautiful, really beautiful. It was a wonderful feeling, which I still have that feeling, to share this extremely wonderful discovery with others. I love that. It intensified it for them, for me, for everyone. And, and so it wasn't just about receiving these sittings or this wonderful new ex fascinating activity. It was sharing it with others that made it really even more and more wonderful. I began sharing it quite early on. My children, my friends, just in a very casual, natural way because the zazen or the practice wanted to be shared. It just, it did. And I think that this is true for all of us, which is something we may not be so aware of. The joy will come in sharing and giving what we have to give. <laughs> not so much necessarily in constantly wanting more and more. What am I going to get this year? What's on my list? I want a car. I want a house, I want a boyfriend, I want a girlfriend, I want a, whatever I want. Want, 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 demands, demands, demands. The joy will come, the deeper joy, the joy that you actually even have some control over because you can make an offering at any time, everywhere, and that will inevitably, inevitably bring you such a sense of contentment and happiness it's way beyond success or failure because it's not about you. <laughs> when you're living like that, when you're doing that, when you're thinking, who can I share with on my New Year resolution list? Not just what can I get for myself, how can I succeed, but how can I share, what, what do I have to share that would help others? That orientation is an in inevitable success. No matter what the outcome is, <laughs> you don't even care about the outcome. You just do your best because you're not doing it. It's not about you. It's about sharing and you're sharing what you can, what you have. And you also in that process realize that the outcome can take a long time to appear, to manifest. You're planting seeds. And so you're not doing it for your own recognition or your own happiness, but you're doing it out of the joy of planting seeds, of sharing, of benefiting others. There is a very deep joy in that, that goes way beyond failure and success, way beyond. And that orientation will make this new year completely successful, <laughs> no matter what happens no matter what because it's not depending on what happens or what you receive or don't receive it 
depends on who you are. Who you are. Our time for today is drawing a little bit to a close. You know, there's a beautiful quote that I will offer by Henry Miller, of all things. People don't realize he wrote such wonderful essays and did wonderful watercolors, too. Uh, and the quote is, give, give, give recklessly. Just open your hands and give. There is nothing in this world except to live it out and give fully. What a pure Zen quote. That's a pure Zen quote. So we don't really need to talk too much about exercises in this particular podcast because that's what this is all about. Just open your hands and give recklessly. Give what you have to give. Hold nothing back, nothing at all. And you'll be smiling from ear to ear. So really thank you again for listening. It's wonderful to have you as listeners and as friends and as fellow journeymen on this path that we're all on together. If you want to hear more of these podcasts, as I say over and over, our pod, our URL is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. Uh, you might enjoy reading my book, Zen Play, <laughs> Instructions on Being Fully Alive. I'm getting wonderful feedback on that. It's on Amazon. And I look forward to being with you again and again in the brand new year. Don't forget, you can contact me at topspeaker, T-O-P speaker at yahoo.com with any comments, questions, or anything you might like to say. Happy New Year!